Uh, I should thank the uh, Legion Cares who made up with some lunch. Just to remind you that next week we'll be hearing from Dr. Chris Kajuja. Did Canada get trapped by signing the US Mexico Canada Trade Agreement? And a reminder that on Monday night, 7 o'clock, at the Lethbridge Public Library. We'll be having a talk with the Prentice Institute. Think locally and think globally. Okay, one other thing, and that is that uh, we're preparing some of this wonderful lasagna. If you want to buy it for $3, a little package, and take it home for supper tonight. All right, I'd like to invite back our speakers to come and uh, take part in our question and answer period. Sense of the devastation 
the country that largely relied on banana exports. Um, Dominica um, had independence from England in a boat, 1978, 1978. And as part of that was an agreement that Britain would be able to, Britain would buy bananas from Dominica. Um, however, the GATT agreement then left this unfair trade practices, which were seem to be running across quite a bit lately, um, but left unfair trade practices on the table. And as a consequence, um, that, that agreement with Dominica was withdrawn. So Britain no longer purchased the bananas from Dominica, and the larger corporates had, uh, had basically the, the run of the, uh, the banana sales. Um, so as we arrived back then, it was, it was in, in dire, um, dire economic straits. Um, and certainly they've been diversified since then. Um, I'll take the product of the chair and ask a tongue-in-cheek question, and that is, you know, this is our second day in Canada of having marijuana legalized, so could Dominica um, diversify into marijuana <laughs> and sell it to us? <laughs> That's a key consideration, but unfortunately, Marijuana is still illegal um, in Dominica. Um, maybe if at some point this is reconsidered because it's legalized, and that's something we would just like to consider. Next question. Uh, Dave, uh, thanks very much for your presentation. I have also kind of a time to cheat question. And, but I'm sure you must have, uh, Dominicans must think. Considered this before. What about some sort of formal relationship with a country like Canada where we, we need a place to go in the winter and uh, climate change is largely our fault? And so we go into the, uh, we're put the responsibility on us to maybe clean up the mess of So you must have had conversations about a formal relationship. So could you tell us a little more about how that would, what would be the plus and minus of doing something like that? <clears throat> All right, maybe in my level, the school principal, I'm not so much into the uh, political arena. Um, I mean, I do not see that directly on what exists, but I think it's a, a very um, valid suggestion in terms of having some formal relationship, which I would think that the government would be working on at some level, um, considering maybe the, the move towards, you know, Creating partnerships, so that is something that I think would be very viable for us. We can be as well as somebody again suggests the location of my country. So. Can, I, can I address it as well? Just in talking to friends within Dominica, I, I suspect the view is not unlike our view of why don't we just join the US? Yeah, I have a number of American friends who think, you know, why, why just stay independent? You're much smaller. Why don't we just make you the 51st state? And, and I know the kind of reaction, certainly, that you get from me, and I suspect most of us here. I think that same kind of independent thinking um, exists within Dominicans. Um, you know, they're proud of where they are, they're proud of uh, their proud nation. Um, so the idea of simply becoming a 13th province is not, is not probably in the cards. Um, having said that, 
the idea of partnerships is very much in the cards. And the idea of looking to other nations is certainly very much in the cards. The Prime Minister, right after Maria um, was slated to speak to the United Nations, um, and I would encourage you to have a look at the YouTube video if you look up Prime Minister Stare at Dominica. Um, his address was truly heartfelt and truly worth something listening to. Uh, and his point was that just as you've raised, that as our northern nations are creating climate change, southern nations are suffering many of the outcomes from that. Um, so there are a number of things happening at that, at that broad level that speak to partnerships, that speak to um, how do nations work together. And my question is, as part of rebuilding, are you looking at the long-term climate change forecasts and have a sense of how far back you need to move yourself from the seaside to accommodate climate change with rising ocean levels? And how does that impact the kind of decisions you make going forward? That is something that is already um, considered in fact in a number of communities. Um, there have been a move to relocate those communities um, in future, build them more inland and those that are closer to the seas. And we have done a lot of geographical studies as to where to build and where not to build based on the climate that we are experiencing. So that has been, been definitely considered in, in regular building efforts in our country. Terry Sheldon, uh, I don't know much about Dominica. I've learned how to pronounce it this morning. Exactly. Um, so uh, my three questions go to that. I'm, I'm curious how close to the equator you are. And secondly, um, I'm curious about the original inhabitants of Dominica. Were they originally uh, indigenous Mopiole um, Indians, or are they uh, are they migrants from Africa, or who were the original people that from that inhabited the island of Dominica? This new Dominicans, but in, within the Caribbean region, is very close um, to the equator, within the tropical part of Cancer and tropical part of So we're located, located there within the um, region, the tropics, close to the equator. Original inhabitants were um, indigenous persons, they were known as the Caribs, or Kalinago as we call them now. Indigenous Indians inhabited that, they were the first discoverers out there. And then later, the Africans um, were brought in as slaves. On the island to work. So it's at this point our population comprises of a mixture of um, Amerindians, the Palanabo Caribbean persons, and um, Africans primarily. Douglas Mitchell. Uh, I'm just curious, but having worked a little bit in uh, overseas development here and there, Cuba, West Africa and also in uh, Indonesia, we see so much of this kind of problem, not just the weather related stuff, but the, the problem that poor nations have. And there is so much demand, and we in Canada here have always uh, tried to our best, although we're still not living up to the expectations of the world as a whole, particularly Americans, in terms of uh, foreign uh, assistance 
that uh, and I think is a, a, a prime example of a, a case for uh, assistance from Canada, from the government envelope, would be appropriate. But there is so much demand, and the, the tendency is for smaller countries like Canada to focus on specific areas, and I would have thought Caribbean would be one of these. And I'm wondering why it has not been possible to tap into it. Apologies for answer the question regarding uh, how do we go about repairing some of the damage caused by the hurricane. But I don't think we should focus too much on the climate change aspect, although we acknowledge our responsibility for that. So I wonder if any thoughts could answer on where we could go to try to encourage support for this uh, situation in, uh, in, in the personal time. I guess I'm hoping you have the answer to that. <laughs> I, I can tell you this. Um, I'm not sure that I feel personally that Canada has done enough for Dominica in the last few years. Um, when I first arrived, I saw um, quite a number of schools that were built with Canadian dollars, and I, I felt some pride in that as a Canadian. Um, but I haven't seen that kind of support in, in many years now. Uh, as the hurricane struck, and, and as, you know, as Canada was requested to assist, um, I believe there was a ship offshore that provided some support. I don't think there was much more than that. Um, China has had a greater and greater foothold in Dominica. And as a small nation of 70,000 people, I'm left wondering if 20, 30, 50 years from now, we will be asking ourselves, why? Why do we not have greater influence in the world? And why do we have um, other nations that were further away that now have influence within, uh, within our region, um, namely the Northern and Western Hemisphere? Um, so I don't have an answer as to why, why Canada isn't more involved. Um, I can tell you that we started to look, and admittedly not deeply, but we started to look uh, to federal funding at one point. And I was advised from someone within um, the federal agency that because we were looking one, at one nation, Dominica, um, that we were probably too, too small. We needed to look at the region. And I had to make a decision. The decision was we do excellent work in Dominica. We are small. We're, we're not a, a large operation. Um, if we spread ourselves thinner, we'll probably be less effective. Do we get more money? Possibly. But we'll be less effective. So we opted at that point to stay with the Dominica. Um, what I can say is, is the foundation, thank you for Dominica Foundation, have really worked hard, uh, myself and a number of colleagues, and I'm really working hard now to try to work with the private sector, the public sector, creating partnerships um, with Canadians, of course, Albertans pretty much. Uh, throughout, to see if we can make a difference. What about the UK? What does the UK do? They have a responsibility. Yes, they do. And I can't speak very much about it. And possibly Mr. 
public camp. We know that they had uh, a greater uh, involvement than did Canada, but I can't speak to it extensively. No, you're on. Go ahead. Um, you can Thank you very much for your presentation. My question is about other small island countries like Tuvalu, Kiribati, Nauru, and Dominica. Uh, they are all small and their voices are not heard, even though they all suffer the same result of climate change. Tuvalu, Kiribati, Nauru will probably disappear because of rising sea. And I just wonder if there is a possibility of those small island nations who are affected by climate change to form an alliance to work together to influence the opinions of rich countries like USA, China, India, Canada, etc. That has been established in so many countries. So, for example, we have the OECS countries, where we have the Organization of the Eastern Caribbean States coming together to form more in terms of presenting a common voice in challenging issues. There's also the CARICOM, Caribbean Community. We have a number of some 12 Caribbean countries who have signed up for them, where we also set um, similar aims and goals and try to approach us as one. Because yes, we've realized that um, single handedly it would be too small to have this sort of impact. But that again has been going on, but we haven't seen as much benefits um, from that where that is concerned. But there have been efforts being made where we could group up together to have um, more influence, speaking, you know, as um, one voice from the Caribbean region. I have a question, and that is, how much money has been spent so far on the IT project, and how much do you need to finish up your present goals? Thank you for the question, Jeff. I, I, I don't know if you're asking historically. Um, it's, it's been 20 years. Okay, I'll show you. I'm going to do some quick math here. Um, approximately. Approximately. <laughs> the, probably in the order of 160 to 200,000. Um, that's a very rough estimate. That's over the entire course of the, of the program, and most of that would be professional development. Our focus now really is on re, uh, re establishing Dominica um, in terms of technical resources. That's a primary aim of the foundation. Part of that will be professional development, obviously. But if you don't have the technologies, how do you teach about using technologies in education? So we've got to finish step A before we can do step B. Um, and so answering that part of the question, the, the recent question, 
Um, we have a very rough to forty thousand dollars in professional development funding, um, and this comes as as a direct example. Uh, um, we have probably in the order of maybe seven to ten thousand dollars in um, actual cash and we will have an anticipated by the end of the next week between soft commitments and, and turning those into hard commitments um, given some of the conversations that we've had last january and are coming this next week if we were talking new equipment about half a million dollars in equipment whatever that is depreciated back um, to now um, what do we need we will need probably in the order of to do to do the project right to do it how we want to do it. It will take us two hundred and twenty thousand dollars over the next year. Um, and I'll answer the second part of that question: How how do we make that happen? One is we have a campaign right now, a social media campaign. Uh, you'll see um, that I shared with you earlier, and also on the sheets that, that we handed out a website, and there's a little link now button as well as well as charitable receipts. Yeah, I noticed that the University of Athlete listed as a major sponsor. Could you describe uh, what exactly the University of Athlete has done over the years in order to make things happen? Certainly. The University of Lethbridge, much like a number of educational institutions, uh, both post secondary and Certain K 12 segment um, have provided uh, technologies, quality use technologies. I underline the word quality use technologies because when we first started working in Dominica, I'll be honest, we weren't necessarily welcomed um, this, this technology business. And, and the reason was <laughs> is they had received a number of containers of, and I'm going to call it what I saw, it was junk. Um, and it didn't serve anything. It didn't serve in terms of good representation of those who had sent it. It didn't serve the environment of Dominica, and it certainly didn't serve education. Um, so we were very careful in our, in our selection of technologies and in our review of technologies and, and rebuilding them to make sure that what we sent was quality use technologies. That's been the primary involvement of the University of Lethbridge historically. Now, you'll notice um, they. I think we went back to that slide. They have, we haven't had that conversation as of late because I don't quite know what the University of Lethbridge is where we need to be at in terms of that, that part of the partnership. Um, they've also been involved in our, in our web development, mm -hmm. web page. Um, it's developed by Dr. Marlo Speed at the university, and so they've been closely involved with that. Mary Shillington, uh, I when I've changed my question since I got up here. Uh, because one of the questions we had had the table was thinking about who it was that were donating the equipment and what kind of standards you were asking for. So when you talk about quality, uh, maybe maybe we know some groups that have some some equipment. But what are we talking about it as far as the years since it's been, you know, really developed and, and that kind of thing. So that like each of us here would perhaps know about the groups or uh, uh, companies or something that we could put some suggestions in their in their inbox that they they look at how they can somehow. Yeah, thank you for that. 
we are um, trying to look at tablets and specifically Chrome, uh, Chrome-based tablets. I don't know if that does that mean something. Um, yeah, so we're looking at tablets of that sort. Um, we are also looking at something called a Chrome bit. So if we have a monitor and a keyboard that we can connect to it, possibly a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse, we can buy this little device that we attach to it, which essentially serves as the brain of the computing device itself. Um, so then we get a mix of new and quality use technology. Um, so we're trying to have less than five-year-olds here. Um, we're not, I don't know that we'll always succeed at that. I looked at some, some equipment, in fact, two days ago we looked at it, um, that will be five years old. And in fact, that's a question I have for our board of directors tomorrow, our domination representatives on the board. Um, is that something, I mean, it looks, it looks good. It may have possibilities. Um, the district offering them is saying that it's got light left in it. Um, they have to get rid of it because of management um, considerations. If you're managing a large organization thousand units. You can't afford to have one unit sitting out there that you can't manage from a central location. It, it costs you money to own that, that hundred dollar device. Um, and the companies have structured things such that um, management runs out after five years. So that may provide us some opportunities. There's some downsides in the Dominican standpoint for sure, but it may provide us some opportunities in terms of gathering five-year-old quality use technologies. Um, it's still there. Is that, is that actually? Yes, okay. There's a question from the floor. And the question is where do you get your electricity from to run all this IT work? Okay, our so main place for electricity is hydrogen electricity. We have a number of rivers on the island. Um, although right now it is being um, supported by one of the, the main hydroelectricity from the waterfalls and the rivers that we have on the island. That is pretty constant. What about uh, oh, sorry. solar and uh, do you, do you wind and waves? Um, no wind or waves, but we are moving into the, the solar aspect um, of the providing electricity for countries after the, the hurricane. We realize that we need to diversify and explore the modern ways of providing technology and um, electricity for, for, for our country. You mentioned something about geothermal. Yes, I did. We also get into, into opening a few geothermal plants based on the fact that the country is a volcanic and waste island. Um, so we're looking at um, opening a few geothermal um, plants to provide them electricity. Okay, so we've reached the end of our session. I think you'll join with me in thanking Stephen Hilbert, uh, who has come all the way from Omega, and uh, Morris Hollingsworth, the um, driver, of course, behind the IT project. Oh, and Larry is telling you, come to the back and spend $3 off some ravioles. Thank you so much. Thank you.